Well, look at that already. We are through another week, almost into the weekend. But before we officially jump in, let's get to another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast, shall we? I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. And as as many of you know, we started recently. Uh, let me pull my mic up here because I'm not hearing me. So I'm not sure if you're hearing me, but let me kind of start that over. This is a quasi-live podcast. We try to do things raw and real. And so here we go. But uh, what I was saying, um, and if you did hear this, just ignore this part of the podcast. But (laughs) what what I was saying is that we recently began a series whereby we are examining the virtues of um, the Christian virtues that are good to live by um, as Christians in our Christian life. And so, uh, so today we are going to look at the virtue of honor. And uh, if I can get past this distracted state, which I currently am in, we will begin. But while I am regathering my thoughts, let's send it over to Adam for our quote of the day. I think you're playing Pokemon Go over there, aren't you? Uh, not going to get into that. <laughs> we, we, may, we will probably discuss Pokemon Go on our next Freeform Friday, so look for that the end of September, um, because I really would like to get your opinion, but today's show is about honor, so let's move on. <laughs> We're, yeah, that's right. That, that's in the past already. Our quote of the day comes from Proverbs 14.31 that said, He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. All right. Well, today, um, as I discussed, we're going to talk about honor, and there are various aspects of honor, and we're going to use as a basis, just like um, we talked about in our beginning episode and in our episode on patience, we're going to use as kind of a basis for our discussion the Merriam-Webster's 1828 dictionary definition. So, Adam, why don't you read part of that for us? Definition of honor is the esteem due or paid to worth is in high estimation, like out of Psalms 104.1 where it says, Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. In doing a good thing, there is both honor and pleasure. Uh, it means reverence, veneration, or any act by which reverence and submission are expressed as worship paid to the supreme being. also means uh, your reputation, a good name, as his honor is unsullied. All right, thank you for starting us off with that, Adam. There's a lot of aspects here, and really we're just going to scratch the surface. So my hope with this series is that we will um, we will continue uh, not just to share with you these virtues, but to give you an ideas on how to do further study. One of the things that I think is important with the Speaking for Him podcast is to acknowledge to you that we don't have everything figured out in the Christian life, but we want to come alongside you and be a resource to help you um, to walk closer with God and to facilitate further study for yourself. So as we go into this, I want you to know that I don't see this as a very as an extremely exhaustive study, but I hope that it will be beneficial to you um, as you move forward. So looking at uh, these first uh, few aspects of uh, the issue of honor, um, to the esteem due, paid worth, or high estimation. And as we think about that, think about what we honor today. I think, sadly, we honor a lot of times the wrong thing. We mm-hmm. honor somebody because they can run a fast uh, 
race on a track or because they can uh, throw a ball through a hoop or because they can score a lot of touchdowns or run fast on the football field. All these things that we honor them for are things that are fleeting. They're the average football player. Um, and I use this because I'm a football fan first and foremost when it comes to sports. Um, uh, and the average career of a football player is three years. And then they're at yesterday's news. Now, there are plenty of stars that play longer, but the average career is about three years, give or take. Super short. And so it is super short. And it's a very, even for a, even for a good player, he'll be there 10, 15, maybe 20 years if he's lucky. And if the average lifespan is 80, as an example, that's still only a very short period of his life, like a quarter of his life will be devoted to that sport. So to honor him for that, while not altogether wrong, it kind of is a wrong focus because it's a very small part of his life and very unimportant. The things that we do on the sports field don't matter that much, and that's evidenced by the fact that as soon as someone wins the Super Bowl, the first question is, can you repeat? You know, that's that's often the very first thing that, that people say is, can you do this again? Um, because all we care about is the next hero. And, uh, of course, for the Lions, we always say there's always next year for them to be successful. <laughs> uh, but that's another discussion for another time. And then um, in reference to God, we read from Psalm 104.1, or 104, I think I'm talking in radio. <laughs> yes, you are. 104, <laughs> verse 1, thou art called in the honor and majesty. And, of course, we are talking about Jesus, uh, God, and by extension, Jesus. And then we talk about reverence or veneration, which means that if you're honoring someone, that you give them your respect, you look up to them, you act in a way that you maybe you wouldn't act if if... Um, just your everyday uh, Joe Schmo off the street comes in. You know, if the president uh, walked into this studio, there would be an immediate level of respect for the office of president, even if I don't totally agree with the the policies of the current president, um, because it is a high office. And so there would be a certain level of respect that goes along with that. And, of course, there would probably be a big motorcade. They would stop traffic because of who the president is. I think I actually got stuck in a traffic jam because of a presidential motorcade when I was traveling across the country once. Not fun for those waiting, <laughs> especially since we didn't really get a glimpse of the president. And another story that I can mention about that was I went once went to see the president get off a plane at um, Gerald Ford or at, at um, yeah Gerald Ford International Airport. And by the time I got through security, he was already off the plane because they were, like, wanding me because I'm in a metal wheelchair and who knows what I could sneak in. I was just a 12-year-old kid or something like that anyway. But whatever. Also another discussion for another time. <laughs> but the point is there was a certain level of honor that we paid to him because he was the president. And I think that... As we focus our thoughts today on honor, we can talk about the way that we honor one another. Um, Paul says, 
in Philippians, let each esteem others better than themselves. And then we talk about submission to God as the supreme being. We, we submit to God because he created us. The fact that he created us means that he has something to say about the way we live our lives. And not only did he create us, but he redeemed us for those of us who have chosen to accept his free gift of salvation. So we have a lot to be thankful for and a lot to uh, consider in these regards. Adam, do you have any thoughts on what we've discussed so far? I, I definitely agree on on what that term of honor is that you're describing more of. And, and just, um, I, I like how you touched on earlier about the things that, you know, we're honoring nowadays or that a lot of people do that it's, it's not, it's not quite the right things. And, and that's why I'm glad we're describing what true honor is, like what God made for it to be, because I think sometimes we get our vision off a little bit on what honor really is. And I think it's good to get that back into perspective. Absolutely. And, uh, going on through this definition, um, we, it, it really talks about, um, uh, just the way you carry yourself is one of the aspects that it talks about here. It talks about um, being clad with honor, just having this attitude of of being respectful more along what we were talking about. And then um, it also says that which honors and he or that which confers dignity um, the chancellor is an honor to his profession, as a matter of fact, and then it talks about the privileges of rank or birth. And uh, that kind of uh, leads into our Bible spotlight, which is today we're going to talk about David and Mephibosheth. Uh, for those of you listening who want to check out this Bible story in the Bible, I would encourage you to go to Second Samuel chapter 9, and you can read the whole story there. The story goes that David was selected by God to be the king of Israel after Saul had failed him miserably and God said, I'm ripping the kingdom from you and your and, and your descendants. So Jonathan isn't going to be king for you. None of your other children are going to be uh, in the royal line. David's going to start a new royal line and you are out. And so typically what would happen in those situations is that a king establishing a new line would, would get rid of everyone that was in that former king's line, they would destroy them. That was the cultural thing to do when you were assuming a kingship. But David had a friendship with Jonathan, which was very intense. They were best friends in the strongest way. And David said, I pledge to take care of your family if you're gone. And Jonathan pledged the same. Well, then Jonathan passed away. And David, once he became king, said, is there anyone in Saul's household that I might show honor to for Jonathan's sake. So because I'm friends with Jonathan, I want to show honor to anyone who might be alive in Saul's household um, for his sake because of the great respect that he had for Jonathan. And so he's told about this lame man named Mephibosheth um, who, who uh, was living in a place called Lodabar, and he calls Mephibosheth in. And Mephibosheth is like, why is the king calling me in? You know, he thinks he's probably going to die because, mm -hmm. because of the things that I talked about before. And David said, no, you're not going to die. As a matter of fact, you're going to eat at my table 
every day. And I'm going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And I'm going to restore the land that was your father Saul's, your grandfather Saul's, or or your relative. I don't remember the exact relation. I think it was um, Jonathan's son, but it was some kind of he was some kind of relative to them. But anyway, he said, "I'm going to give you all the land that Saul possessed. It's going to be yours." And he not only did that, but he gave him servants to work the land because. He was lame and could not work the land. So I just resonate with that. And I also think when I when I read that story, I think about what God has promised to us because he brings us to his banqueting table. And he says that one day we will be at the marriage supper of the land and he will honor us, lamb, and he will honor us as his children. And because we're children and he's the king, we will be princes and princesses. And we will, the Bible says that we will be priests and kings to our God. That's what Revelation promises us. So there's a lot here. Um, and in that story about honor, and I just want to um, talk very briefly about um, a couple different verses that I, that I want to close the podcast with. Um, but before I do that, Adam, do you have any thoughts about the story of Mephibosheth? Other than the fact that you can't pronounce the name. <laughs> yeah, I, boy. Um, I don't honor English very well. So, <laughs> um, you know, I I find it so amazing how, you know, we're obviously called to, to honor the Lord because he's, he's the most honorable one. But I think it's amazing how faithful God is and how he honors those that he brings to his table. Like, for instance, you know, the, the little kid who thought he was getting in trouble when the king was calling him, he was probably thinking from the world's eyes that he, he wasn't worth that much because I'm not royalty. I'm not uh, in any king lines or queen lines or anything like that. And you see how God, you know, honors his, his promises to people and, and he brings them up. He uses even the smallest underdogs to do his will. And you see how God is faithful and all that and how he's honorable. And that's just kind of what really hit me about that story is just the amazing honor that comes from God. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned the word underdog because that's really how Mephibosheth felt because he said, why would you, what would you want with a dead dog such as that? That's, that's a direct quote from yeah. the Bible story from Mephibosheth. So it's kind of interesting that he was, he was the first direct underdog listed in the Bible. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's just interesting, like I said, the way God works. And I want to talk about these particular verses as we end. The first one being 1 Peter 2.17, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And if you wanted to sum up the Christian life, this would be a good verse <laughs> to put it in nutshell form. We should honor one another. Remember I talked about how Paul had said that we should each esteem others better than ourselves. We should love the brotherhood, meaning that we should love our brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says do good to all men, and especially of those of the household of faith. Um, the, the Bible says to fear God, and our fear of God should cause us to honor the king, or in our case in the U.S., the president of the United States. Um, and so, and, and keep in mind, as you're thinking about that, you might be saying, well, I don't really 
believe in what the president stands for. He's a he's not a godly person. Why would I honor him? But keep in mind that the audience that Peter's writing to when he says fear God and honor the king is one that is steeped in a dictatorship. They don't even have a say in who their leader is, and still he's saying this. And then I want to end by something that should be more obvious, but in our culture has begun to go more and more by the wayside, and that is found in Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Deuteronomy 5.16. And uh, I definitely think that we need to restore honor for our parents, and not just for our parents, but for those of our parents' generation, that we would uh, appreciate and glean their wisdom instead of thinking that they are old and washed up and old-fashioned. And especially with our parents, they... For the most part, I know there are exceptions. And for, for those of you who have had rough childhoods with parents that weren't there, I, I, I feel for you so much because I can't imagine what my life would have been like without the two supportive parents that I have. And I'm very thankful for them. But for the most part, we need to realize that our parents have lived through parts of life that we have not. And they can pass along wisdom and guidance that we would do well to benefit from. And we need to get back to a place where we honor our parents. That's actually one of the best ways we can show that we are his, is that we honor our parents, because the Bible talks about how the world will become lovers of themselves, haters of their own parents. And uh, we definitely don't want that to be true of us as believers in Jesus Christ. Now, we've just scratched the surface of honor today in this podcast. Um, so this is by no means an exhaustive study, and uh, we'll be back in the next several weeks or so with our next installment, which will be on humility, and uh, so very uh, excited to bring you that. But until then, I hope that you have a wonderful day, and before we cut out, Adam, do you have any more thoughts on what was just what we've been discussing? Uh, my thought on it is, you know, keep digging in in the Bible where it talks about honor to learn more. Just because the ending jingle is going to play in a second doesn't mean, you know, you have to be done with it. I keep digging in and, you know, live honorably where you can. We think that, or at least I know I think so many times where I think you have to be in a high position to be honorable or you have to be in like royalty or whatever. You know, It can be in the little decisions of life. You can be honorable. You know, you can pay it forward for someone in the drive-thru. That's an honorable thing to do. You can just sacrifice some time to talk to somebody who's hurting. Honorable thing to do. So uh, ask God for those opportunities and challenge yourself. I challenge myself right now, accountability, to just live honorably where you can. And that can be even in the smallest of things. And if you have any feedback you want to give us about how you have done that or any ideas that you have on how we can incorporate this or any of the other uh, character qualities slash virtues that we will be discussing in the future. Feel free to do that. Leave contact information, leave um, feedback at the contact information that is about to roll. I think that's all we have for you this week. But until next time, keep serving the best of masters. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 